This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, after demolishing Jags, will United level Lichties? And can Dundee serve up a win for Tony at the Macaroni? Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie, and podding alongside me today are George Cran. Hello. Alan Temple. Hello. And Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. Right, guys, as you know as well as I do, the lift's off, so talk among yourselves <laughs> while I recover. <laughs> seven floors, easy. Just the seven, eh? <laughs> I'm old. Which, talking of high numbers, I told you United would win the league in October, Alan. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming at the weekend. I, to be fair, I didn't think they would lose to Partick Thistle because I don't really... I think it would take a very, very, very brave person to predict that Dundee United are going to lose any game because they don't tend to concede goals, yeah. which um, makes them unlikely to, to lose games. But I certainly didn't see a 5-0 uh, victory coming. And to be fair, like Jim Goodwin, as everyone knows here, as, as managers tend to be after a heavy win, was um, uh, quite... Uh, conciliatory he's you know not wanting to rub it in too much and you tend to get praise for the opposition a lot more after the team's won say five or six there is, now. A, there is a nothing uh, written code yeah. of honour that you always hear oh, could have been closer exactly 100% <laughs> and, and everyone's going no could have been more <laughs> so he was at pains to say it wasn't kind of a, a, a 5-0 game and, and to an extent Thistle did capitulate but they were forced into that position by just how much momentum Dundee United built over the course of that game um, they thoroughly deserved their lead um, in the first half and even when uh, Thistle came into it slightly towards half time it was still Dundee United that had the bar through Tony Watt they had the potency the cutting edge in the final third to actually turn that possession into into goals and in the second half really clinical uh, Scott McMahon's getting so high up the pitch these days is really good um, Glenn Middleton's deliveries are absolutely on the money right now Central midfield of Sibold and Doherty is outstanding. Um, they, they deserve a lot of credit because United basically went to a orthodox four four two at the weekend, which, as we know, gives this, this two in the middle so much work to do, especially away from Orth- home. Orthodox back four. Kevin Holt scored a hat trick. I haven't even mentioned him yet. I was going to. I was. I was going to give it the big finish. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So, and um, and yeah, uh, behind those guys, Kevin Holt allowed to step out and evidently allow him to step out at your peril because he can, uh, as he said himself, uh, Adam Muirhead kept backing off him, kept backing off him, thinking that uh, he was the lesser of the two evils because he was trying to keep hold mm-hmm. of Louis Moult, but not the lesser of the two evils on that um, occasion, smashing it in from, from 30 yards. And yeah, well, one of three goals he scored, obviously. I find your description from a Park Thistle point of view a strange one because if you remember when Kevin Holt signed, the one thing that we questioned was his defensive ability, mm-hmm. which has been outstanding. <coughs> but but having seen him at Dundee, mm-hmm. Queen of the South before that, mm-hmm. going forward, he was always sweet a cracking footballer. He always had a sweet yeah, left foot. He's not a boy you would want to break. And like, Th- Thistle should yeah. know that as well as anyone. He like, was there. It's could, it, throughout his career, he's taken penalties and free kicks. Mm-hmm. So you expect they would know that he has that in his locker. Uh, it was an absolute peach. To be fair, I don't think it's a, to an extent Partick Thistle are going we're happy to let him step out. I don't think it came from a position of ignorance, but the problem is when you're playing against Dundee United, there are so many threats that you need to keep track on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as you say, if the midfield line gets broken, you then have a back four that have to say, 
do I step out and stop Kevin Holt and leave Louis Moat on his yeah. own, leave Glenn Middleton on his own, all that. That is the benefit you get from having good players all mm. through your team. And yeah, United were just very, very good. And it was a, I mean, talk about laying down a, a marker because we we said last week, yeah, it's, you know, perhaps their, their toughest game um, to date, although you know, hindsight would suggest that was actually Wraith Rovers, but we could have said that this was the hardest game to date. It was for an unbeaten first quarter. It was basically, you know, uh, lay down a marker and... And you'd I mean, lost, to them, lost to them in the league couple Yeah, great, great point. The last team that beat them, you mm-hmm. know, uh, 13 games ago, uh, as it was. So, and, I mean, not only have they kind of made a statement, but it's really ominous, really, really ominous. You could stick the Imperial March in the background because I'm not sure how many teams are going to fancy themselves stopping this than the uh, United team. To be fair, most teams will actually mark people at the corners though I mean this over the first goal was uh, quite funny actually. I'm not I'm not sure if I'll catch on yeah no it's um <laughs> yeah you know you know you took advantage of it though you, you, could, you can definitely give them that because you could see Sybil's just standing there in the middle mm-hmm. nobody's marking him and you could see all the United players clock that mm-hmm. and then rush to the front post to leave the space for Sybil 100 percent yeah it's, it's clearly these set pieces are something that they've, they've yeah. clearly worked on so 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 much and if you actually look at a posted a screen grab of, of a completely free Craig Sibbald on, on Twitter and if you kind of look more deeply than the just lol Craig Sibbald's on his own uh, aspect of it I didn't <laughs> it is because Dundee United are occupying pretty much yeah. everyone else in frame so although you could see Aaron Muirhead obviously not in that that frame, but Armour had shouting at one of the forwards yeah. to come back, and I think, the forward just goes, "I'm not I coming cu- back." I cut out, I cut out uh, Aidan <laughs> Fitzpatrick for the for the good of his uh, <laughs> criticisms, but yeah, we'll just name him here. But yeah, he and in, in the wider shot, you adding your head's pointing at Aidan Fitzpatrick. Aidan Fitzpatrick just sort of just pointing at um, yeah, Craig Sibbald. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I just uh, clearly what what's happened there from a official point of view is Fitzpatrick's been told on set pieces generally to stay yeah, yeah. up the park and. There's just not been enough communication, not been enough problem solving on the pitch to, to spot that problem and fix it, which you'd hate if you were Chris Doolan because you need to rely on footballers yeah. to sometimes yeah. fix problems on the fly. It, it happens, but you know, we've all played football at some level. So, yeah, it was another well-worked set piece. They've scored six goals from set pieces this mm. season in the league. They scored four goals from set pieces all of last season in the league. The improvement is absolutely massive, even notwithstanding the, the drop in division and they've yet to concede a goal from a set piece. That is a huge um, aspect of their success because it's Scottish football you know these yeah. fine margins so often set pieces are really really important but I mean Bear is, is two guys we've seen a lot of the championship in the years I'm always full of admiration for Scotland's second tier mainly because players who don't put in a shift aren't tolerated by other players mm. or managers but if you've got good players if you, Jim Goodwin's got a decent squad he can sort out his defence he can sort out his midfield and if he's he's got good players up front, he can basically leave them to do their thing because there will be mistakes mm-hmm. at that level and these guys can yeah. capitalise, can't they? Yeah, and, and they're doing that. I mean, Alan's talking about putting down a marker, but they've done that from day one in the Championship. They've, they've gone to Arbroath and hit them for four. They've been down at air, I think. They've got three at air, you know. Mm-hmm. Five at Partick. I mean, I mean, you said it, Tom, they'd win, they win the league by October and I mean... Mathematically, I've not done that, but I thought this division this season was going to be ultra competitive, and it has been, and it has been from from positions two down to position ten. 
I've seen teams win the league by yeah. October. Teams of the but, Saturday, but I've, ne I've never seen teams win individual no. games by the margin they're, win they're no. winning. Usually there's a lot of tight games. United deserve credit for, for making it so uncompetitive, shall we call it, at this point in time because they've absolutely ran over the top of teams. Jim Goodwin, we spoke about early season in the League Cup and they had their issues there, but they very quickly got it together and success breeds success and breeds confidence and you get confidence is oozing through that team mm -hmm. right at this right. point in time they're 14 goals George, better yeah. than anyone else in the division George and George's column this week which I read George for a change Did yeah, you? yeah. Wow. <laughs> I think you're forced um, to I had to agree with you for a change that you know who's going to stop Dundee United that's, that's well, the that question that was Lee Wilkie's column yeah Lee Wilkie's column sorry Michael. I beg your pardon sorry Lee Wilkie <laughs> if you're listening to this <laughs> Well, he's big, he's so still not well. George's call. I'm still no. not on right. Yeah. I didn't exactly. actually write you on this week. So. <laughs> exactly. It was big, good though. Yeah. Big, one Lee, big Lee's absolutely right then. Who, who's going to stop them? I, don't, I mean, it's hard to see who can keep up. You know, he can just keep that level of momentum going. I mean, who can who can actually stop them? I know that the points gap to Wraith is only, is only four. And, it could and be seven by tomorrow night. Though. It, could, it could well be, but I was going you know, to say, his biggest enemy could be themselves. Hmm. Wraith have got we should point out that Wraith have got a game, yes. in, game in hand but the team in that division that doesn't mind the odd postponement is Dundee United because mm -hmm. they've got the squad any any team normally in the championship will tell you they don't want to fall three or four games or one or two games behind because when it gets if it gets into a period of playing three games a week for a, yeah. for a month <clears throat> they don't have the squads mm -hmm. to cover that so they'll, they'd all rather play their yeah. games and get their points on a Saturday I'm not having games in hand at all as a benefit no. in this division I'm really not because also for the fact that you can say we've got two games in hand for example but there's no other team that has remotely the consistency that Dundee United has. No other team can say we are going to win two in a row, three in a row, because it's just not happening for any other team uh, other than Dundee United. Dundee United are on a 13 game unbeaten run in all competitions. The longest unbeaten run any of their rival, any of the other teams in the Championship have put together is a broth with five. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's there's just no team that looks like they can put together that sort of a run and for all we're talking about their attacking intent see the, the four goals they've conceded in, in league football it's the best in Britain there's not a team in yeah. British football that has conceded so few league goals this season and that's the that's the platform for me I think you've got enough attacking players that you can basically say if you do your work in the final third you will score a goal over 90 minutes but are you good enough to score against this team and see that spine of Docker and Sibold with Holton Gallagher behind them and Jack Walton behind them I just I don't see where the goals are coming. They'll well, have bad days. to play players with a little defensive responsibility because mm -hmm. he's, yeah. he's back five or six are doing it, aren't they? I mean, if, uh, to an extent, although I would say, I mean, they, they do work a, a hell of a shift to uh, United's attacking players. I think basically Jim Goodwin doesn't allow anybody not to, to do a defensive shift. But in terms of the, the quality they've got back there, it's, it's just such a hard team to score against. And psychologically, you know, teams in that division will be looking at that goal difference and, and they'll be going into games thinking, I'm not sure, you know, we can hit the net. I'm certainly yeah. not sure we can win. They'll have bad days. I don't think they'll go through the season unbeaten. I just, they'll be an off day every now and then. But I just don't see where a collapse is coming from that I think would be needed at this point. I mean, I was, I mentioned something in, in my stuff on, on Sunday and I kind of an assist is due to this podcast because it was last season, I think, repeatedly. 
kind of Robbie Nielsen's Dundee United was cited as the sort of benchmark for a flying start when we were mm -hmm. talking about, uh, you know, Dundee trying to build some momentum. And I think we've probably mentioned at the start of this season as well. This team is now outstripping Robbie Nielsen's. Uh, from yeah. from nine and nine games, uh, Robbie Nielsen's team had uh, from the first nine games they had eighteen points. This mm -hmm. team has twenty one points. What so, I would say about about the difference then was that Robbie Nielsen started building a team six months earlier. Mm -hmm. Jim Goodwin yep. has put together mm -hmm. that team over the course of the summer months. Yep. So it's it's an amazing amazing feat to get to where they are. And you've got to give credit to Reith Rovers, I think, for just hanging in there because they are only yeah. four points behind. They've got a game in hand. But you look at what United have done. They've opened up, you know, down a down a fourth spot to Airdrie. You know, an eight point gap already. Yeah, it's only we're only through the first quarter. You know, it's just, it's just unheard of. You know, and if they do that again in the second quarter. There just simply won't be any stopping them. Yeah. Of, of, the keys are off they are not done. They'll have so many, uh -huh. so many sort of points well, in back. Says that, yeah. that, I mean, you look at Partick are seven behind, Airdrie are eight behind, that's that's the, the sort of promotion possible places filled. As Alan says, the consistency of the rest means nuts. Even if United don't win <laughs> three or four games, mm -hmm. those teams might not be level on points with them. And you don't see United going... Two games without a win, never mm. mind a, a prolonged run. So, yeah. I mean, maybe the one danger you would always cite in the situation is complacency, but it's a, it's a new team, mm. it's a determined manager, and whatever the, however many points, we saw this at Hearts with Robbie Nielsen, uh, when fans were calling for his head, even though they knew they were getting promoted, you've got to look good because your support are looking now. Mm. Already, there'll be supporters saying, How's this team going to do in the Premier League next year? So you're, you've got to keep performing, don't you? Yeah, sorry. I think the good thing from Jim Goodwin's perspective is that that you all have had concerns over what if you know what if Lee Moult gets injured, you know what if if uh, uh, you know one of the defenders, Kevin Holt, gets injured, Declan Gallagher gets, gets injured. But what we've seen from United over the past few weeks is. It's not a one-man band no. by any shadow. Players are stepping up left, right and centre. Defence is being pretty consistent. But if the forwards don't score, somebody else is stepping up. We've also seen the emergence of a couple of really promising young players. Kai Fotheringham, I think, has really come on. He looks as though he's determined to keep be a, a fixture within this United side and he's going to have to play to, to keep in there. But it's amazing how United have gone from going, where did we go, to Jim Goodman going... You know he's quite. You know he's quite mm -hmm. comfortable. If something, if somebody goes out of form or gets injured, it's not the end yeah. of the world. And I mean, you've mentioned the defence. The forwards have been great. And but for Alan Temple, the midfield would be forgotten. But it's a <laughs> hell of a midfield, isn't it? They don't let the other team play. Yeah, Ross Ross Docherty, I think, is up there for signing of the season. I think people will probably look at Declan Gallagher, Louis Moe, uh, Kevin Holt, obviously, but. I just think when you combine his performances on the pitch, intelligence, awareness, filling gaps, playing through the lines, people th a lot of defensive midfielders can, and I'm you know not bemoaning it, but can be sideways, sideways, simple passes. Rostock tries to break the line with his passes. He gets the ball forward, and the role that he's doing behind the scenes as captain as well. I know he's a, an absolutely massive influence in sort of you know running that dressing room and making sure it's a good place to be and. I think he's been absolutely magnificent. No, nothing short of that. I think he's. I feel a, a tad. I don't know. I think that it's slightly embarrassing that I didn't realise how quite how good a player he was. Um, but yeah. he's um, he's certainly shown that now. He's stepped up to a better team. 
I often I, I feel for lads like him because I often feel it's easier for a, a Premier League manager looking for a player in any position to go fans of, especially summer signings. Mm-hmm. Go and, and I've nothing I love foreign players, but go and sign a foreign player that nobody's seen mm-hmm. and say, mm-hmm. well, we've got a special guy here. Mm-hmm. Whereas there are guys in the Championship and League One mm-hmm. who would probably do, definitely do as good a job but there isn't that wee bit of glamour around them when you sign them. They don't sell season tickets, do they? Yeah, good on Jim Goodwin for spotting that slightly uh-huh. higher ceiling. I think I think that's probably the mark of anybody can watch a game and say, he's a good player, he's having a good game, he's having a good game. But yeah. I guess a good coach and a good scout, they are the ones that can say, they do this well, they do this well, they do this well. So here's what they could do. And I think that's what Goodwin's done to an extent with guys like Kevin Hole and even Liam Grimshaw, who's another one, just quietly been very, very good. Um, he's actually seen that, you know what, they might not be um, uh, internet supporters' ideas of a great yeah. a United player, but you know what, in my team and what I want them to do, they can have a higher ceiling. And he deserves a lot of credit for that because I don't think anybody expected, for example, the season we've seen out of someone like Kevin Hole um, or to an extent, uh, Ross Docherty, and that's testament to them for stepping up and testament to the manager for seeing that they could step up. He's also been able to sell the club to these players because, yeah. they, let's be honest, they've moved from clubs within the same division. Mm-hmm. Patrick this were a whisker away from being a Premier League club last season. Yeah, and pe- people don't realise, and then the, I think it was Doherty in particular said all the right things about the size of Dundee United, mm-hmm. but, but if, you're, if you're past 25, you've got a, one or two kids and a mortgage, you might not fancy travelling up you know, two hours every yeah. day of training or moving house. So it's it's not just the size of the club that that's a factor. And I, and I was I was just going to sort of jump on a point that uh, Alan made. I must admit, in all my time in football, the people I was most in awe of were scouts, mm. particularly with young players that could go and look at someone and say he can play. Yeah, he can play at a much higher level because it's a, it's a hard hard thing to do. Yeah. But I mean, something Jim Goodwin's obviously got. You've seen it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll mention Kevin Holt again because he was the man at the moment at the weekend. I mean, he's he's come up on a on a one year deal, which is a massive a massive gamble yeah. for him to, to take that. But I mean, I, I saw it mentioned it was mentioned in some of your stuff, Alan. But you just wonder if now Dungeon United will maybe it's, it's a bit early, but will very quickly mm-hmm. say he's already shown what he can do and it might be worthwhile getting him on a longer contract. Well, I mean, when Jim Goodwin's talking about him potentially strolling it in the Premiership, then that that logically means that he wants him in the the Premiership and he wants to extend the deal because it's only up till next summer. So um, I think if you're Kevin Holt's agent hearing that, you're thinking, (laughs) happy days. Well, there we go. That's a a verbal commitment. (laughs) But in, in all seriousness, that is the other aspect of this. See if United can keep... Um, just for maybe two or three weeks more, extend that gap to maybe four, seven, I know it's already four, but without the game in hand, um, seven, maybe even more. At that point, it's a lot easier for Jim Goodwin to go to Mark Hawken and say, X, Y, Z, we need them on longer deals mm-hmm. because January's coming fast. And you say it's maybe a wee bit early. I don't think it's super early. No, it's you not. know, it's, we're on the no. tail end of October now. So um, I think you... You're at the point now where other teams will be looking at some of your guys out of contract. Scott McMahon's another one out of contract, having a great season. If you're a yeah, well, managers know that. I mean, Kevin Holt can speak to anyone from the first yeah, of exactly. January, so, so that means he's already spoken to ten clubs. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you're looking at you're looking at Holt, McMahon, Matthew Cujo. I think if they can get a little bit of that cushion in place there, 
um, then you could uh, feasibly say, do you know what, Mr. Ogren, uh, here's who I need. Can we get this done sharpish? Um, and that's a lot easier mm. to do when you can not definitively say, but you can say, do you know what, look at the league table. I think we're I think we're okay. So let's not yeah. break the but let's not break the bank. But guys that won't necessarily cost the world to extend, let's get them extended because they can play for us in, in the Premiership. In terms of whole as well, just show him the top scorers chart because he's, he's the equal top scorer in the entire division. Yeah. At this moment, I think it might be Brian Graham and him. I think on five. Bet that'll really annoy Louis See if you've, ever play, <laughs> if you've ever played for Queen of the South, George follows you like a stalker. Yeah. yeah. What did he have for, what did he have for his breakfast this morning, George? I don't know, but it's whatever, whatever, whatever it was, yeah. however it was, <laughs> whatever it was this can morning. I have someone yeah. if, this, if the lift's not working next week so I can go up these stairs? But yeah. I was having a wee look at where his goals were this season. Obviously, he scored seven. Strangely, he's only scored the three games this season. Mm -hmm. He scored three, two, and two in another game. So if he gets one, he gets one. Better watch get it. on him. Get on yeah. him to get another one. But I've got to say, to say I mean, the second one. I mean, you know it's your day when, when <laughs> where, where, where did it happen? Yeah, and then Sarah Lane crosses the line. And yeah. what was Glenn Middleton doing picking up the ball for the penalty kick in the first place? There's <laughs> no danger he was <laughs> going to take that penalty. I know, especially since Holt is the penalty taker. <laughs> <laughs> he's on a hat-trick and he's already the penalty taker. Because I was thinking back to, uh, before I kind of my logic kicked in, I was thinking, do you know what? They've done what they should, what France should have done. When Benjamin Pavard was on ah, a hat trick, yeah. a fullback was on a hat trick against Scotland, mm. and Mbappe takes the penalty. I'm ah. thinking, you've got to let the fullback get an, an international hat trick. So I'm thinking, United have done the right thing, give it to Holt. And then I go, oh no, actually, he, he, <laughs> yeah, he actually the takes the penalties. So uh -huh. I don't know what Glenn was thinking, but now, yeah. since, you, since you mentioned him, Glenn Middleton, most especially, assists. Especially since Glenn Middleton's five foot two and Kevin Holt's six foot yeah. five. Aye. And although, he's the, although we've said Kevin Holt's one of the nicest guys <laughs> yeah. you'll meet, nobody's that nice. <laughs> but mentioning Glenn Middleton, most assists, most league assists in the whole yeah. of the uh, SPFL. He is... Uh, I was going to say he's like a race to our challenge he, um, I can almost guarantee he doesn't listen to us but he has done what we knew he was capable of and what we spoke about earlier in the season that is a man who can create goals at this level whether it's through dead balls or whether it's through open play and uh, some of his deliveries of late have been absolutely on the money and by the way if I'm United I'm emailing this podcast to every other club because <laughs> it's, it's the kind of thing that gets I mean they've got they've got a defender who's joint top scorer, they've got strikers who are scoring, they've got midfielders in the form of their life, they've got a laddie that's got the most assists. When you look at that sort of thing... Who deserves the most credit for that, though, Dan? Uh -huh. It's the manager. The yeah. manager deserves, he deserves the most credit for putting it together. What they're doing on the training ground is obviously taking on board and they're taking it onto the park. They're taking all his advice and, and maybe areas where they're not performing well enough, he's speaking to them. And it's just like, a, a, you know, you you can't see a part of that team that isn't functioning at this point in time. Now, as Alan says, there will be hiccups along the way. They're always United. Yeah. simply won't. But what they're doing at this this moment, they're going to put such a big buffer between themselves and the rest. They will be a, they'll be able to afford a few hiccups after, along the way. After, after this massive loving and all this <laughs> Dick Campbell and our both are going to turn well, and yeah. absolutely well, do them. Quite the, the, the one thing I would say about United, and for all my confidence in them this season, I'm more worried about them playing Arbroath at Tannadice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the it's a, it's a yeah. different Arbroath from the one they brushed aside on the opening night of the season. Mm -hmm. But but where things haven't always gone completely to plan so far this season, and it's not been too often, but it has been at Tannadice. Yeah, they've conceded 
what, what the first goal a couple of times at Tannadice it's it's been stodgy at Tannadice yeah. I, I think they benefit from other teams feeling a slight onus to play a bit mm-hmm. um, when they're on the road whereas um, at Tannadice uh, yeah there's been a couple of hiccups but even there I mean they've been they've been okay at Tannadice um, I I'm kind of I'm kind of with Tam on this. I've watched enough football over the years to I look at this and go, it's a celebration of the hundred year anniversary. They're wearing a one off kit. They're on this run. They're going to get beat. Eh? Yeah, it's, it's max <laughs> yeah. of shock defeat. Yeah. I must say. Yeah. Um, Dick Campbell's so, coming back after getting beat four nil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even but even if that happens, it doesn't negate anything yeah. that we've said. However, I, I, I would agree with Tam. I do have a I have a wee funny feeling about about this one. I must Aye. Say. Even the celebration of the hundred year anniversary, I totally get what United are doing. If I was if I was in the commercial department, I'd be beating a big drum about this hundred year anniversary. But it's a name change. <laughs> it's not the, the club's mm. older than a hundred years. They changed their they changed their surname, if you like, a hundred years It'll ago. Be. So the fans are the fans are a wee bit lukewarm about it. They're like, mm-hmm. oh well, okay, but the. But all the fans really want tomorrow's mm-hmm. three points. Yeah. I think that the fans are kind of warming to the occasion. I think they'll lap it up. I think. More pertinently, maybe is I can imagine a broth getting wound up, but uh-huh. yeah, yeah, hey, they already are. Hey, especially yeah. since they didn't want to move this fixture to the date of yeah. the anniversary they're anyway. All, yeah, so, they're all working during the day, day yeah, and have yeah. to play football. So that's another aspect of it. I think you're going to be playing an ultra motivated uh, a broth side who have all who've been wound up by this pageantry already. So you can imagine them walking into the stadium and seeing all this pomp and ceremony and thinking. Party not, not for me. Yeah. Like, you know, let's let's show them. Um, and as I say, stranger things have happened than them actually winning it. But I, you know, if United were to drop points, I wouldn't be um, I wouldn't be pushing anything remotely mm-hmm. like the panic button just yet. No, so, as I say, but these it, ne- it will happen at some point this season. It is a strange thing about footballers, though. They do add something I discovered down the years. They hate being at someone else's party. Yes. <laughs> Even though there's no, there's only three points, and when you see teams playing against teams that are got the potential of win the league or win promotion, they hate that happening yeah, when they're them, on the pitch. Give them a wee bit other incentive yeah. to go and spoil the party. That's, uh-huh. that's what they're to do. But United, uh, sorry, I both have another incentive. I mean, they got smacked by United on the first day of the season. Dick Campbell will be hurting from that one, so you can guarantee, guarantee that he'll have he'll have drilled it, drilled into his players what they need to do. To, to set the record straight on this one and they have improved vastly since then and, and since the start of the season so yeah uh, while well, well, as a party for United they can't afford to lose sight of the fact that you know it's three points at the stake A very entertaining example of that back when I was working the Edinburgh beat I covered the do you remember the Edinburgh derby when um, hearts were barreling towards relegation after the points deduction and um, yeah. the Hibs fans turned up at Tynecastle with party hats and it was like a, it was a relegation uh-huh. party and Hearts went on to win that game 2-0 and Hibs got relegated as well uh-huh. that's probably the, uh-huh. the best example of that uh-huh. party pooper mentality Hearts basically nothing to play for it that swept them aside 2-0 and then Hibs went down as well oh. so uh, you've you've got to worry about that uh, schadenfreude and before we move on to the other side of the street as you know I've been away on a cultural visit of bottles of red wine another um, one aye another one there's another one coming soon where are you going soon what, what uh, I can't remember there's so many different places <laughs> oh, I've got to look sorry I can't sorry. remember sorry. Sorry. it's a remember hard because there's too many bottles of wine unbelievable <laughs> uh, but don't worry it'll be Ryan here <laughs> um, George why does it say in the notes for 
this week's programme, Johnny Johnny <laughs> Russell lives up to Big Ball's billing. <laughs> that was just the headline of Mr. We've got Temple an over then, 18s but... section now. Yeah, the red triangle well, I, don't, I don't know what videos he's been making, but uh, Alan's been showing them on the Courier website. <laughs> <laughs> Wing it my way. <laughs> You're the one that compiles the notes. Only available after nine o'clock in the evening. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll take the, the PG version and simply say, yeah, big congratulations to former United man Johnny Russell, who's... Uh, a bit of a talisman over there in, in Kansas. Mm-hmm. We've obviously not seen him on British soil for a long time, but he's a he's made himself a bona fide club legend over there for the the last few years. And uh, he's, he's been he's been in Kansas mm-hmm. longer than Dorothy. Was. <laughs> <laughs> boom boom. Yeah, he, uh, he scored a double uh, to get them into the playoffs. So um, and yeah, his boss Peter Vermis. Um, let's say praised his fortitude on the big occasions uh, with that particular quote. So and um, yeah, good good luck to him. Him and. Uh, Another ex-United man, Ryan Gold, both in the postseason playoffs and, and going for the title over there. So, um, a wee bit of interest there for watch the Arabs. Out, watch out for a feature in your evening Telegraph coming <laughs> Absolutely. soon. Absolutely, we all got to fill some pages. Uh, lovely boy, Johnny. Great mm-hmm. boy. You'd, a few players um, you'd be more delighted for when they have success. Because he was a great kid when he was at United and he was so hard-working. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's benefited from that and... Uh, whether he's got big balls, whether he's got big balls or not, we don't. He's certainly got a big bank you know, balance now. We say playing in the states, that's for sure. I thought Scotland discarded one. One criticism, yeah. maybe uh, of a Steve Clark, he discarded a, yeah. a bit quickly. He was a great player to have in a, in a squad. I think um, Steve Clark. And it's totally his prerogative. Two euros in a row, he can do what he wants. Mm. He doesn't rate MLS. I think it's, it's pretty yeah. obvious that he's not yeah. having MLS, which is it's totally his prerogative. Which, full enough. Having lots of time on my hand as well as still going on trips, I watched uh, the Beckham documentary on a well-known streaming channel. I don't know if anyone's watched it. You should see his face when he's, he was on the bench for the first MLS game. He's just like, what the? He's, <laughs> yeah. looking, at, he's looking at the standard of play going, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> Are you reading that into David Beckham's face? Or or, the- <laughs> honestly, you, you could see he was he was a gog at the standard of the game. It's one of the best bits of comedy I've seen on TV. Well, I mean, Leo Messi has gone over there and uh, it's kind of it, it said the same in Spanish. Yeah, yeah it's kind of preposterous uh-huh. just how good he is by comparison. I actually quite enjoy watching MLS, but I don't think... Yeah, um, and fa- in fairness, I, I think a lot I had to do was was the way they structured the wages. Mm-hmm. You could only pay so much. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you could have a Beckham. But somebody on the documentary said one of the boys was a pool attendant during the day <laughs> because that's all they mm-hmm. could afford to get after they'd paid Beckham his mm-hmm. money. They've, they've got it a bit more sorted out now and it's a decent standard. Although, it's still rubbish. <laughs> anyway, it's time we move over the road. That was the longest journey across Tanadice Street ever. We went, we went to Kanda, Kansas, Miami, but we've arrived at Dens, I just, George. I, I can't believe you've described MLS as being rubbish and we're about to talk about this yeah. game. God, we've got a, a right to talk. Yeah. Yes. Talk, that was a good segue. Talking of rubbish. <laughs> Another dull Dundee draw. It was, yeah, it was, there was a long time waiting for this game and it really wasn't worth waiting for. <laughs> um, yeah, but you could see both teams, I think, were rusty. Hadn't played in a long time. Um, Why was was it all the rain that made them rusty? 
We're just We're not playing games. It was, it was a three and a half weeks. It like three and a half months. I yeah. haven't played. You know, about a year. I thought they started off, off off pretty well. I thought I thought mm. they looked much better than Ross County in the first opening stages, and then County had a really good chance with Simon Murray. He sh- should have scored. Trevor Carson made a big save, uh, another big save. Dundee maybe edged it, but a draw was probably it was going to be a draw all day, wasn't it? It was. Uh, wasn't yeah, it was just a, it was just a, a really I think. Uh, Tony Doherty summed up. It was a bit stodgy. It was a bit disjointed. You know, a lot of the passes were short. A lot of the passes were long. Dundee's players, even guys like Owen Beck, you know, his touch was off. Uh, I don't think the the park helped. I think it looked it looked fine, mm-hmm. but it looked very the way some of the players were going down. It must have been really soft, as you can imagine, with the yeah. amount of rain it's taken yeah. in certain areas. You know, and I think. I think Dundee did have the better of it. I thought when, when they tried to get going for it, Ross County were cute, and that's the way teams are in that league, I've got to say. I, mean, was, I think Ross County had about five cups. or six bookings. Yeah. And I wasn't, I've got to say, it wasn't a dirty game, but they were all for little niggles and pullbacks and things like yeah. that. And there was no momentum to the game whatsoever. And, you know, Dundee can thank uh, their goalkeeper, Trevor Carson, for a couple of really good saves. The second one where he closed it back with his hand, I think, in the first half. Yeah. He was behind them almost. And he, and he close it out, you know, to keep them in the game. And to be fair, both sides put on substitutes. I think they had to because, I mean, there was guys going down with cramp about 10, 15 minutes to go and it just shows a lack of match action mm-hmm. a lot of these players mm-hmm. are, have been going through. And, uh, you know, but two and their defence as well. Yeah. The, the last week or so, it's been different. You can train inside, but training inside is nothing like training. No, on, no, it's not on the same. grass or it's not, it's not, outside. You can't put the same work in. It's not the same as again. The positives from Dundee's point of view is Tony Doherty made changes. Pineda came on. We haven't seen much of him this season. First thing he does is gets a shot on target. Second thing he does is get an R shot on target. That's what you want from your forwards. That's what he's got to do to get himself in the team. And he might have just done enough. He might have just done enough to get himself a start against Livio on Saturday. We'll have to wait and see. Second thing from Dundee's point of view is, well, you can't win the game. Make sure you don't lose the game. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you do. That's the most because we've seen that in the past where, you know, if you're not Dundee will lose a soft goal and our team goes up the road with three points. So they've got, they've got the point. Two clean sheets are on the spin. I'm quite happy with that. You can build on clean sheets, Tom. Clean mm-hmm. sheets give you, the, give you the platform to go and win games. And I think Two that, seasons ago, there was yeah. decent performances. Yeah. But they leaked goals every, yeah. every week. Yeah, uh, Absolutely. And they don't—they simply don't look like doing that. He's going back. He's going to three at the back now. I think I felt Cammy Cammy Kerr could feel a bit hard done by. We bet, yeah. Yeah, for Jordan, Jordan McGee came in on the right hand side of the, mm. of, the, of, the, of the five. Have you have you can imagine five at the back um, as a wing back? But uh, overall, it was a decent performance. Uh, um, I think well, in terms yeah. of the three at the back, I think if Portales is playing, I think it's yeah, it's going to be a three. Be that. It just looks like he's it. Very I thought com- he, was, he looked very good. Very comfortable in a three. Yeah. He's very comfortable in a three, isn't he? Yeah. That, was, that was the best I've, I've seen him. Uh, I hadn't been entirely convinced in the, in the few games that he had played, but you could see why yeah. uh, Tony Dockett has been so keen to get him in the team because he, he looked he looked the part on Tuesday night. I've, I've got to say, say and, and Dundee have beefed himself up this season, but County yeah. is still a big, powerful side. When you look at the County side from front back to front, Mm-hmm. Jordan White, you know, gives defenders. Well, he was quiet. Yeah, it took, took about sixty minutes before I noticed he was playing. Well, he didn't eventually got the hook, like, but he's, he's just yeah. a big, awkward guy, yeah, and they've got like a few him. big yeah. lads at the back as well. Not, they're not a bad side, but they didn't really show up. They didn't really show, up. and none of the teams really showed it. I'm hoping that that's it. They've got that game out of the way, and from Dundee perspective, we've got Livy on Saturday. The game 
I mean, the forecast isn't great over the next 40 hours, but it's, it's on AstroTurf, so the game will, b- will be on. And maybe they might benefit from a, a game on AstroTurf being what it's zipped mm-hmm. all about. I, I mean, it's not, it's not a county podcast, but I was surprised by their lineup, and I thought they went for solid and physicality yeah, maybe. because I was looking at their bench, and I, I thought their better footballers were on the bench. Mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. Guys like... Uh, Kyle Turner, Scott Allardyce, George mm. Harmon, Josh Shim. These boys can play. Yeah, Brophy, and Brophy as well. Brophy can yeah. score goals. I, I thought they came to Dens Park with a, I thought a slightly negative mentality. Yeah, they had lost two, three, two or three games. Of course, three, yeah, you know, I mean, maybe a, a, let's not let's not leave here what a gap above us. I can certainly understand that, but I think with the um, with the the form that Dundee are, are also on in terms of obviously they're not doing badly but not exactly stringing wins together yeah, yeah. I think if you're a county you've got to look at that at a game you could potentially win and they pay decent money up there for all that they're reluctant to admit it so I think uh, I thought it was a little bit of a negative mindset for I was them again, I, I was again both teams could have could have won uh, uh, yeah. you know you, you're right both teams could have looked it up and went yeah. you know this is a game we can win let's, yeah, yeah, let's go for it a wee bit more but I think that the fact that they've been idle for a few weeks, the managers mm. were a wee bit cautious in the way they approached this, the game yeah. itself. Dundee had VAR go their way. Yeah. I have to say. I was maybe, <laughs> maybe a wee bit like, I think it was the right decision, I have to say, because um, as usual with VAR, you have no idea no. what's going on in the stadium. Um, but the linesman's flag went up after James Brown had stuck it in, and then the referee went to the monitor. And well, like, well it's 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 Colin, so what? who was it, Colin? Colin Stephen. Colin Stephen. He was the referee at the Airdrie game, if you remember, George, right at the start in the League Cup. And he, I'm, I'm pretty sure he, he gave the penalty. Gave yeah. the penalty. And a very, it was in almost stoppage time. Yeah, yeah. And he actually pointed to the spot before the guys hit the ground with the challenge. <laughs> and I was waiting for him when he went to the monitor coming back. And jumping up in the air and pointing to the <laughs> pointing to the centre circle for well, goal, yeah. so I was quite surprised when he went back. Maybe felt he would Dundee one. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the expectation is when they go to the monitor that it's going to be changed. The Obviously, that didn't happen. George, the Morgan. decision's absolutely bang on. It is absolutely bang yeah. on. I'll tell you why. For, from a goalkeeping perspective, yeah. there's no way Carson fumbles that ball if John can, White no. isn't there. Yeah, you can see the it only the, reason he fumbles that ball is because he thinks White's maybe going to get a touch and put it in it's in the yeah. post so he's, he's sort of on his right foot if Jordan White's not there he comes yeah. and collects that ball you can see that you can see it so, from the press box yeah. we're looking straight at uh, the ball coming past Jordan White and basically yeah. hitting Trevor yeah. Carson you it's can actually, see in the in the replay as well like Carson doesn't move no. until it's past yeah. White so. I mean, it's an interesting one to, again if they would give you more information go back yeah. to the well, George, George saying, look from the press box, you can imagine us, I'm in the Bobby Cox stand, we did not have a clue what was going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dis- dismissing all the farce over, was it a foul or was it offside? Mm-hmm. But like this, the Scotland goal that was chalked off mm-hmm. against Spain the other week, are referees told, because to, you look at that and say, the McTominay one, the goalkeeper's never getting it. But are referees told, in a way, you're then getting in the goalkeeper's head, and it's a bit of conjecture, are the referees told to purely go by the position of the player who's, who could be judged offside? Or do you have to then say, ah, but yeah, he was standing in front of the goalkeeper, but there could have been two goalkeepers in that net and it would have been a goal, so I'll let the goal. Or do they have to say, well, he's he's standing mm-hmm. in the goalkeeper's eye line. Whether or not it's an unstoppable shot, the goalkeeper can say... I'm obstructed. To an extent, it's the subjectivity is the problem. Yeah, because right. the, the uh-huh. rules, the, the the laws of the game say interfering with play. That's yeah. that's the law of the game. The, the rules of the game. I, think, so. I mean, it might just be a help if they say, "Look, guys, 
we're not go we're not here to say whether or not a goalkeeper can save that. We're here here to say is he and and yeah. he's is the player mm -hmm. in his eye line is mm -hmm. the player standing right in front of him and that's enough and then everybody would know. Mm. They did, I mean, they definitely did. They tried to head of the ball. Yeah. So ah, um, well, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, a, it's an active thing. Like if you are actively interfering yeah. with play and that's an attempt to. Oh, I think if a ball. player makes a movement but, towards yeah. the ball, he's got to accept. I do. I do think that it should veer more onto the. I'm sure. I'm sure. Bear would agree. It should veer more into being inclined to disallow goals like that because I think people can underestimate if you're a goalkeeper your decision making yeah. is affected by Absolutely. anybody that yeah, is yeah. not just directly in front of you there's such a thing as peripheral vision yeah, yeah. you know it's so yeah, a goal, moves, yeah. yeah and it, even uh, funnily enough in the Dundee game I was I just landed and switched on the car radio Carson's save it was Michael Stewart and Callum Davidson two good professional footballers in their day both thought it was a goal mm -hmm. so how does someone who I mean people that have played think Carson's never getting that sticks out his hand and saves it was, so that, after, was that after they'd, they'd seen at the time they both no, no, they I, asked, I, the save I, in the like, first half like, Carson saving the yeah, first half like, they both yeah. said how that's not a goal we don't yeah. that was a goal as far yeah. as we were concerned yeah. and the next thing he stuck his hand out yeah. and saved it oh, so yeah. how do you say a goalkeeper yeah. you could never have saved that in terms yeah. of the yeah. decision making I don't think they, they, they don't take into account whether the goalkeeper could have saved uh -huh. or not they take into account whether the player has done something actively that has made the, the goalkeeper uh -huh. alter his, his yeah. thought process whether he could have hypothetically saved it is irrelevant for mm. so for example McTominay's been disallowed keeper wasn't getting there however does the keeper Stand about like a bit of a numpty. If uh, he's if, still looking past, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. you know, he might make an attempt I, for it. I so he has altered his decision making. Things like that. You hold. If, if they say that's the way we, uh -huh. that's the way we uh, use the rule. That's yeah. a, that's the standard that applies. You just, just go subject. well, fair yeah. enough, fair enough, and then you know. I thought it was crazy when I, when I saw. I didn't see it till the following evening. Actually, the the goal, and when I saw, it, I thought it was exactly the right call. I think it's more difficult when there are shots from the edge of the box and the keeper has maybe got five or six players in front yeah. of him and somebody's standing in an offside. But like, like, like you said, peripheral vision, if some, somebody uh -huh. catches your... It's like golf. I mean, many times have you seen a golfer about to play a shot and somebody 20 yards away scratches their nose Aye. and you stand up and, <laughs> and give them a look. It's not golf, it's football, but you, you're right. You, you, you pick up different things. I think that was definitely, for me, it's, it's a bang on call. And yeah. fair play to Mr. Stephen as well, yeah. because yeah. I think we've discussed him a few times in this podcast. <laughs> I don't think he's necessarily yes. um, our favourite referee, but fair play. And to be honest, I don't really care as long as it was chopped off. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a subjective call and his decision-making has been yeah. good on that one, so fair play to well, him. Ross County weren't too happy with it, though. But yeah. I don't think they were. They had much to call I don't know. Uh, I meant, crow no, about, to be I honest. Don't know. I mean, I don't they know. should just be glad they're not still yeah. in the Highland League. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure, was, I'm sure that, that, I think that, that you could define that as patronising. But oh, yeah, possibly. It was sure, a joke. I'm sure yeah. the PNG have got a podcast. <laughs> they, they can complain about the decision. But Dundee could have stolen at the end. I mean, I, I was having a wee look at the stats and stuff, and Ross County basically did nothing for the last 20 minutes. Yeah. And Dundee had, as you say, Pineda came on. I thought he looked really bright. Um, it's a strange one. It's been a long when, wait for him. When that goal gets chopped off. It gives Dundee a huge lift. The fans started cheering and I was yeah, like, yeah. come on, there's 20 minutes to go. We can ah. actually go and win this game. And you're right, they, they picked up, they brought in a couple of subs and Pineda and good to see Charlie Riley on the pitch. And what did he do? Gets a shot on target. Charlie Riley yeah. scored a barrel load of goals in his time. Hasn't featured yeah. much for Dundee, but 
they'll all, they'll all get their chance. Well, that, I was a bit worried. I was kind of sitting there at half time and nothing was quite happening in terms of the attack and the creating chances for mm. Dundee. And I was looking at the bench and I was like, well, who've they got to bring on? Because they were missing Robinson, Cameron, Mulligan, and who else? Uh, the other boy. And somebody else who's a good player <laughs> that they were missing. Um, I can't remember. We'll come back to that one. Yeah. Uh, Tiffany. Tiffany. I think it, that was Scott. Uh, Scott Tiffany. And there are four players who yeah. quite easily slot in at the starting 11 uh, at various times. And can, can come so on and can yeah. add something to it. Yeah. So they're missing four proper attacking options. Um, but they showed a, there's a wee bit of depth there, I think, because mm. I kind of expected Howley to come on because uh, Tony Docky likes him. And he has looked pretty good. He did well when he came on again. Uh, uh, wing back actually yep. I think he came on um, and then uh, as you say Pineda came on made, a, made an impact Riley did okay in the last few minutes he was all on for a few minutes so it does look like they've got more than just maybe 14-15 mm-hmm. players to choose, on, to choose from that's decent and we're focusing on the lack of goals but I mean concerning that is sometimes like you say the laddies come on and had a shot Pineda's come on and had a shot as much as all the sort of Coaching work you can do. Sometimes you just need to say, guys, shoot, start mm. shooting. If you if you're in the final third and can see the goal, and there's no one in a better yeah. position, you have a shot. And mm. sometimes that's what it needs. You've isn't got it? that. I mean, you never know deflection or you know the keeper makes it, fluffs it, and somebody runs in and, and sticks it in. You've got. To, I, I thought Finn Robertson had a, had a good game again. Yeah, it was good. Um, I had a shot in the first half that we spoke about. Had a great chance in the second half. <laughs> I looked like he just. He kicked the ground in it. Yeah. Keeper had to come out and pick it up almost. <laughs> it was that slow, but uh, yeah, you've got it. And if, if you're a forward, I, I've said this in the past about Dundee, there's an opportunity there for someone to pick up the baton for Dundee. Mm-hmm. And we're yeah. waiting for somebody to do it. You know, so yeah. there, there's opportunities for all the strikers. So Pineda, for as much as he's not been playing, he'll, he'll be looking at others going, nobody's setting the header on fire. Nobody's got their shooting well, boots yeah. on here. If I can start scoring goals, I'll be in this team. Well, the, the manager, without prompting, Right yeah. near the, the start of his post-match comments, brought up how impressed he was with Diego Pineda coming off the bench. So, does show that he certainly made an impact with with his manager. Uh, as you say, I'm not convinced that it will be enough to get a start on Saturday, yeah. but I think we'll certainly see him off the bench at some point. And uh, might be Astro Turf. Yeah, maybe Livingston, yeah. Livingston, a sort of strong, well-drilled, physical team. Maybe maybe a sort of slighter striker with good mm-hmm. movement. That movement, yeah. That's what you need. Very often yeah. that can. Could be, but is, is it, to go on a hobby horse is it a, a problem with the sort of possession-based football that every every coach wants this season? That players are maybe sometimes too quick to say, "Oh no, I'll pass it in the final third. I'll pass." Well, if it's not yeah. the perfect, they, in their head, mm. if it's not the perfect chance to score, I, I, I don't. I'm not convinced that's. Dundee's issue at the moment because I've had a look through well, all the, the stats and stuff. <laughs> no. um, although they need to be slightly better in front of goal but um, in terms of getting shots on goal I've, uh, there's a piece in the Tilly today about they've been decent enough in terms of getting shots I think they're sixth in the table for the most shots or whatever uh, and getting them on target's okay it's just that bit of quality with with yeah. that final shot that's, that's missing at the moment or a wee bit of luck if it's a wee bit deflection or whatever um, but it has. It feels like a long time since they scored a goal because it's been over a month. Yes, it is. But it's all been. It's only been two games. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, of that big gap, so it's, I don't know. If 
it's one of these things where it feels like it's something they really need to sort, but they will sort it, I, I think. And um, confidence. I don't feel like there's a huge amount wrong, mm, yeah. but yeah. Confidence is a big issue, isn't it? Because it starts to weigh on the shoulders yeah, of yeah. people. You know, they hear the, the stats and they know how long it's been since they've scored. And you've got a few strikers there that could do with a goal. Mm. And I mean, to an extent, I've, I've seen it myself this season watching Dundee United with you know, Tony someone, Watt for Tony a while. Watt, you know, he scored that, he scored one goal in a game and then all of a sudden he scores the most instinctive goal you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just sometimes I think there's probably a couple of boys in that team that just need one to go in and. Going off I, their bum, as, as I, I say. Exactly. And then, as Tam says, you start shooting without thinking about it. You start putting a little yeah. bit more behind it. You start to believe a bit more. And that, oh, I'm kind of with you on that one. If See if the underlying numbers are positive, then I'm sure it will come. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and it's a bit of a strange sort of, especially as a Dundee fan, it's a bit of a strange situation to be in here that they're only above the relegation playoff place on goal difference. But because of the way the team played, the, the number of players he's used and they've all done okay I'm actually quite relaxed yeah. just now, this is a very <laughs> unusual situation to be in But and I think if you come down it, they look like a Premier League team this season mm -hmm. Yeah, I've said that I've, I mean, I, I've said that in the past they do look solid, they've got, they've got a platform there um, they need to find they need to find the, the finishing touch and it is, mm -hmm. it is about sort of somebody sticking the ball in the back of the net but as George pointed out the players that they didn't have available um, they can really make a big difference to that yeah. club the, the guys yeah. you're talking about it, we're, we've seen what Mulligan, Mulligan can do he's, he's gone away with under 21s and been a really positive performance performances um, he'll be back on Saturday Scott Tiffany yeah. I still believe has got something to offer this club. Obviously, it's, it's very early days. He's been he's been struggling with injury. We've still got to see the best of him. Cameron looks like he's coming back into the picture. Although here to be a uh, be injured as well. Yeah. Robinson is finding his feet at this level. But you know, it's it's not just about the strikers as well. I mean, I was I was I thought Zach Gordon is putting in a power of work. And that's why he's retained his place. He's got he's got a few goals. Um, but he has to do better. His link-up play has to improve, Tom. Uh, you know, there's times when he should be taking the ball in and he's flicking it on. And now flicking it on and, and it comes off, it's great. But if you flick it on five or six times and it goes to nobody, mm -hmm. then that's not good enough. You've got to hold on. I don't think Bakayoko had his, had his greatest performance no, during the week. So, yeah. yeah, they're getting there. As I say, they've got a platform there. They've, they've got uh, clean sheets, which was a box ticker for me. Although they've not scored in the last two games, they've picked up two points. So that's a platform to go and get results. Livingston has, has been another ground that has been a, a struggle for Dundee yeah. over the years. David Martindale. You've got to plenty take, of tears there. You've got to take your hat off to what, he, what he's done there. And he just keeps churning out a team that is, we're talking about, you know, they look like a Premier League team. Livingston, you know, what he's done kept their heads above water without any real struggles over the, over the past, you know, few seasons is just remarkable. And he looks like he's he's capable of doing it again, because they've got the knack of, you know, they, they do know how to keep it tight, but they've mm -hmm. also got a knack in certain certain games where they, they get two or three goals. That, from, from another all, from reason for en, for encouragement uh, as a Dundee fan and with a with a better budget, a better support. Tony Doherty seems to be of the same kind of... He's got a bit more leeway to be a bit more inventive than David Martindale, but it's the same thing. He knows what he needs for that league. He knows what his budget is, and he goes out and gets the right kind of player. And that's, that's been David Martindale's mm -hmm. great success. He's not splashed a quarter of his budget on one player. He's, 
he knows he's going to have a small squad and he signs the best he can get yeah. for the, the uh, money he's got. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I know David Martindale's involved, but whoever's involved along with him in recruitment at Livingston deserves a gold medal for what they've yeah. done over the last last few years. Because Just look at the number of players that have gone elsewhere. Yeah, mm. yeah. They, they've lost quite a few players, but they, they always bring in good types. Guys that, that can run are, are yeah. quite physical. Even their smaller players are, are, can be quite physical at times. And that's the way David, David Martin likes them. And you know... When you're on the part against Livingston, you're in a game. Uh -huh. You know that I've never seen a, a Livingston team, you know, mm -hmm. collapse or anything yeah. like that over over the last few seasons. I've never I've never seen that. I mean, they've lost games certainly, but it's always always a hard game at Livingston. I will be again on on Saturday, and Dundee will have to be on it again. It's the thing about it, though. I mean, I always worry Dundee or United going to Livingston, but I'm maybe slightly slightly less worried this weekend because Dundee look aside better equipped. To deal with Livingston's style of play. Now I'm not saying they'll come away with anything, but you always go to Livingston thing thinking, can your team win the battle? Mm. And maybe this Dundee team can. Well they've shown this season that they are really hard to beat Dundee. I mean mm -hmm. the amount of draws kind of says that. The wins have been, are the issue and it's been I think almost two months now since that hearts win. So it's ticking on a wee bit. But you're right, I, th I think Tony Dock has put together a team that's that's able to fight even with the, with the big teams. They showed that at Hibs that they defended really well mm. throughout that game uh, and and deserved a clean sheet in the end and, and almo almost could have nicked it. Um, I do fancy them. Maybe that's a bad a bad thing. That, talking about overall idea about Dundee, I'll be worried if if we're talking in a couple of weeks and they've not got that, mm -hmm. that win on the mm -hmm. board with that's two games against thing, yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say I, that's the only thing that worries me looking at the league table and it's it's a, a an early worry now you're, you know you're talking about two points and three point gaps so you can't get too yeah. panicky just yet however you look at the teams that are just above them in the league and they are teams that inevitably will rise up the table yeah. Hibs, and Aberdeen. Games. Hibs and Aberdeen ain't staying there all season Livingston <laughs> logically you would say could get dragged into it but they just don't they seem to so they come up with results ex they, they, they mm -hmm. don't go yeah. long periods without getting wins he, he always finds a win somewhere so the concern for me is then two three weeks time you find yourself increasingly looking at a mini league involving Dundee and Ross County and St Johnston because mm. other teams that you thought might be down there your mother was in Kilmarnock's have already put on some decent yeah. results mm -hmm. so that's my only worry that you look at the table and the teams surrounding Dundee are teams that are bankers to rise up the yeah. table so Although you just don't want to find yourself Motherwell that's we feel in Motherwell are, ah, possibly, are yeah. that's possibly. why they've been struggling that's kind of what I mean you know it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's an early warning because uh, you know <laughs> you're still only talking about two point gaps <laughs> even though <laughs> There's a few places between them, so I'm not getting too worried as such. It's just something that I think you would you'd be inclined to keep an eye on because and, and and want Dundee to. Well, turn and some of these. for Dundee as well is of course the win on Saturday. They jump above Livingston. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know so that's a, a great thing. You know, I mean, I'm not sure where Livingston would be in the table at that point, but you will jump above Livingston on Saturday if, if you beat them. And also got a game in hand, of course, which yeah. which helps. But yeah. I, th I think next week's actually a pretty decent uh, week. I mean, it's t three games in a week. It's tough. One of them being Rangers, but. Two games against the Livingston side. Where a Livingston it, sandwich. Yeah, a Livingston sandwich. Um, well, you, you'd fancy you'd pick up Do you have points. meal or ketchup with that meal? <laughs> What's a Livingston sandwich? Know. I was going Rangers. <laughs> we're about to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Rangers is, I mean, we know it's going to be tough, but Rangers at Dens, I don't know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a classic free hit, isn't it? I mean, it's... 
Oh. Dundee have shown against, well, against Celtic, they obviously got beat 3 0, but the first 50 minutes they showed they, were, they could well, you raise your keep game in the for game. A start. Exactly. I mean, if you look, just we're, we're jumping ahead of ourselves here, but if you look at the game, well, going back to Wednesday night, you know, the Shankly stand was closed because it was 113 mm-hmm. county fans. And yeah. fair play to the, I mean, yeah, yeah. To the 113 that made the right. trip, you know, but on, on, a, on a Wednesday night and some of the conditions that have been going on recently. Um, but against Rangers, the Shankly stand will be full. Yeah. And that should, mm-hmm. if that doesn't get you up for the game, then nothing will. Mm-hmm. Good thing about this weekend as well, St Johnston going to St Mirren. That's basically that's the toughest game you've got in this league that isn't in Glasgow. Oh well, it was outskirts of Glasgow, but it's um, yeah, it's, it's, it's closer to Glasgow than Glasgow Airport. But <laughs> so it's um, that's a game that you would you'd if St Johnson would do awful well to get something out of that. So mm-hmm. it's another chance for I know just finishing above bottom shouldn't be the sum total of Dundee's um, uh, expectations this season, but. A nice gap would be yeah. would be good. That's a, the strange thing about p- looking at the stats for the teams, the amount of shots that teams have had, Smyrna have had the second least yeah. in the entire division. Only St John's have had less than St John's. Incredible. Yeah, I must admit, I'm with Alan. I look at that league just now and I see certainly, and ironically, it is the top three, but I think Celtic, Rangers, and St Myrna and think that's probably no points if you're playing one of them. I, it's I've, tough. Yeah. St Myrna. This looks solid. St. Myrna are just such a difficult team to play against. Mm. They know they, they do what they do and they know they know how to win games, which is maybe the wee thing Dundee have to add. But like said, Dundee do, do need to get some wins quite soon because I mean Bear you're always a great uh, banger of the drum when you get up a point a point a game average over yeah. the season. Yeah. But if if you're doing that through draws, you can't afford defeats. No, but and that, I mean, you need to find you need to find wins because You've just spoken about Celtic and Rangers because you know, yeah. you know they're, they're the games that there's effectively defeat, defeat getting anything from any of the two of them over the course mm-hmm. of the season is, is pretty good. So, yeah, they, they need to turn that up. Looking at the St Martin St Johnston thing, I'm worried about that. That's, yeah, as a Dundee fan, you worry about that because <laughs> as St Johnston went there at the tail end of last season, I remember Nicky Clark scoring in the 95th minute with an overhead kick to, yeah. to, to get a result. And while St Martin are doing incredibly well, you know, it's uh, uh, y- you think that there's there's opportunities as long as you're not. I always think if you're not playing the old firm effectively, there's opportunities yeah. to pick up points against anyone in this league if they're not on it. Mm-hmm. And St. Martin are not a high-scoring game, no. so, so basically you can get your backside kicked for 85 minutes and only only be a goal behind. And yeah. uh, as we've seen, but, to Dundee's cost and benefit yeah. this season. Late goals yeah. are a thing. That's probably and it's probably too early in the table and in, in the in the season to be really looking like that. You know, you're looking. Oh, I hope St Johnson can maybe get caught. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're still in the first. But, but you do like section. to keep that four that yeah. four point gaps. Yeah. quite nice though, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, and it's tough. And I know how tough it is when you're when you're at the bottom over a, over a lengthy period. Just looking at your your mm-hmm. your team, even though there's only a few points. If your team's at the bottom and there's an international break and you've got to be two weeks to the next game yeah. and you're still at, at, at the bottom, you know, it's it's not a pleasant feeling. So, yeah, Dundee have just got to keep doing what they've been doing and hopefully they can, they can find, it, you know, a bit of sharpness up front, a bit, a bit of clinical finishing and, uh, yeah, get a, get a victory at Olivia at the weekend. And, George, we're going to finish on a Dundee high because you're going to give us the news we all want. Tell us Owen Beck's not going back to Liverpool. <laughs> Um, that was it, that was not an encouraging I start. I don't think he will, but um, <laughs> that's encouraging. I watched. Well, you never know. It's During my break, I managed to watch the Merseyside derby, and I saw. 
Tismus Kiss Kiss <laughs> on, yeah. and the young boy they got from Aberdeen was on the bench as well, and I was like, oh, yes. Beck's at least only third. <laughs> so surely we'll get to yeah. keep him. Is Calvin Ramsey not right back, though? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't think that's as reassuring yeah. as you think it I is. thought he was out on loan, anyway. As well as not knowing my ass from my elbow, I don't know my left from my right. <laughs> well, Andy Robertson had his surgery, I think, uh, just a couple of days ago. So that's only a shoulder. For, get out there and go on with us. <laughs> it's going to be three months, I think. Oh, God. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's where the, the worry is, because obviously... Beck can be recalled in January if, if Liverpool really are the really, really struggling. The, the level Liverpool operate at, though, yeah. there's a chance that in January they'll just go and Buy spend a few millions yeah, to bring in I a think really experienced like, but there, There's a chance there's four other podcasts <laughs> dotted around the country yeah. just now going, Liverpool aren't going to take our young left back. Yeah, no. <laughs> the bigger worry, I, I would say, um, and I, I don't think this will happen, I think they'd be quite happy with how he's doing at Dundee, and he seems very happy at Dundee as well. Is uh, that they decide they should move him up a level? That's that, that'd be my worry. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised because, as I say, I think they're quite happy with how things are going. I mean, he's he's doing well enough to get called up by the Wales first team. Uh, it shows that, but we saw a couple there is of years that, there ago. There is that thing is if they put him on loan to someone else in January. He knows he's not going to game for Liverpool this season because you can only play for yeah, yeah. the two clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Dundee had. Zach Robertson getting recalled last year and then he ended up coming back uh, at the end. But I, I remember a couple of years ago, it was at Harry, Harry Clark, I think. Ross County was, yeah. was, was excellent, yeah. excellent mm-hmm. at right back yeah. for Ross County and they decided to take him back and send him to Hibs and it didn't work. Um, so, fingers crossed that we get to watch it Owen Beck all season. Um, I think that's probably the most likely thing that will happen because he's flying. I think even as as Pierre said, he didn't have his, his best game ever against Ross County. But he still looked, yeah, still looked. At he got something opposition different box class. And think, yeah. There was a couple of times he was in and made the wrong decision, and yeah. you can see the frustration in his face Aye. when it when it doesn't come off for him. But he's the sort of guy that he gets you off your seat. I mean, he's he's not. I mean, I remember when Greg Stewart was at Dens and when he's was maybe playing on the right and started coming inside, you could see some. You knew something was going to happen, and Bex mm. is somewhere. Although he plays, he plays more defensively. When he gets on the ball, he's a, he's a player that fans some expect. Yeah, yeah. He, he's on the move. Eh? So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he's at dance for the yeah. for the long. And I, I think from a Liverpool point of view, that, that surely he must be happy. Yeah. He's playing every single week. He's playing at a decent level. It's it's not the level that Liverpool play at, obviously, but it's um, he's playing against big teams. He's, and about he's playing with freedom. Isn't yeah, he? he's about to start against Rangers at home. That, exactly. That's you mm-hmm. know yeah. that's a kind of test that Liverpool want him having. Yeah. So. Well, George, you've convinced me now. Got on the phone to Jurgen and say, "Look, here's here's how it's going to be." Well, Donny Dickey says he's going to duck that phone call if it comes. All power to him. Aye, but I think Beck would maybe <laughs> be in the manager's <laughs> phone book as well. Anyway, that's enough for this week. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, 